For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network in conjunction with the Sampson Family Foundation, striving to uplift, empower, and educate the communities we live in. Now here's Ralph and your host, Mac McDonald. Hey, welcome into Center Court on the Winner's Circle Network. I'm Mac McDonald, a voice from the past with uh, Ralph Sampson. We had, it's been a couple weeks since we've had a chance to uh, get together. I've been to Iowa and back already, and yes, the reunion went well, and yes, I felt very old, so I'll just leave it at that. You know, you know what I'm going to ask. You know I'm going to ask questions about that, so go ahead. I know. What happens in Des Moines stays Stayed in, in Des Moines, <laughs> that's for sure. But saw a lot of great people and people that uh, – uh, yeah, really, I hadn't talked to him in 50 years, and it was uh, it was a heck of a lot of fun. And, and really, um, we had a class, Ralph, at that time of 312, and uh, 48 people have already passed away. And uh, we've, wow, even, wow. we've even and had a couple of people who got killed, uh, uh, two people who got shot of, of our senior class. So that was kind of wow, uh, wow. a somber thing, but it was it was wonderful to see a lot of people. I I told my friend, though, my real good friend who I stay with, I said. Uh, yeah, the next reunion I go to will probably be the 100th. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it was it was good. So how was your week? How are things with you? I know you got a lot of irons in the fire. My, my week was good. But one question about reunions. Did, did you see the girl that you should have dated, could have dated, <laughs> that was the, 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 either the ugly duckling became the beauty queen? I, there's um, got to be a story there somewhere with that. Ralph, there were half a dozen girls that, <laughs> that I should have dated at the time that are really wealthy now. So, oh, okay. uh, yeah, so maybe that was and I'm having an anniversary this week. Anyway, I've been married four years to my beautiful bride. She's a nurse. And so it's all uh, it's all good. So uh it's all Really okay. having a perfect yeah having a good week we got we got a good show for you because a lot has happened and uh ralph and i are going to talk we're going to talk about the bucks we got acc stuff they had their uh their football gathering in charlotte we, i got a lot of stuff from the commissioner uh name image likeness and uh you know uh, justin fuente talking about tech and what carolina and tech are doing and so many schools and if that's not enough yes there are schools that could realign and leave the big 12 to join the sec which is Ralph loves the word crazy. This is yeah. just because welcome back realignment. You know, I thought we were done with realignment, but I mean, those no, no schools, Mike, can, can, can change out of that to go somewhere else. It's going to be stupid, crazy. I mean, it's, I, I <laughs> well, heard that yesterday. It's, it's just a mess. It's, it's, it's becoming a money grab. And now, yes. believe it or not, some of the inside folks, inside sources are saying, Ralph, that you, we could be left with three power conferences, not, yes. not the power five we have now, but there could be three power conferences if Texas and Oklahoma make the jump, because then it's going to become a grab bag, you know, Absolutely. then it's going to leave the big 12 of schools going, well, okay. And maybe, and you know, the ACC has a, uh, a contract with Notre Dame. 
Now, naturally, yes. Notre Dame does everything except football. And right. Jim Phillips made a joke. He said, you know, there's two things. He, he tried to make a joke and nobody laughed. Jim Phillips, the commissioner, said on Wednesday, he said, look, Notre Dame fans love two things more than anything. Their Catholicism, they love to be and Catholic, football. And, and they love their independence. Yes, they love their football. Yeah. He goes, but I actually think they love their football more than being Catholics. Oh, wow, so, wow, wow, you know, wow. And that was from Jim Phillips, and nobody laughed, and he said, well, but but Swafford cut the deal, just to bring yes, people yes, to the end. Yeah, yes. he cut the deal, and if Notre Dame does decide to move, well, then it's going to be they have to go to the ACC right now. That's a, a, a deal like that hand that they handle for the next couple of years. So that's not probably going to happen for another two, three, four years, but 14 schools, the ACC, you know, would, would big, a couple of big 12 schools come from the route for the ACC, a TCU or a Baylor. I mean, come on, that's not going to happen. Right. So, so, so will Clemson jump and go, because I mean, oh, they're a big power, we, power we, thing. I mean, that that's. I mean, I've heard that earlier. I talked to Ricky Stokes and the crew the other day. Will Clemson leave the ACC because they're so powerful in football? I wow. mean, could that happen? You know, wow, it's crazy. And then does Florida State follow? Does yes, Miami yes, get you yes. know, involved in that? So again, it's a it's a board game. We roll the dice and we see uh, where it lands. So anyway, anyway, it's going to be a, a a fun show today. And uh, Ralph, it's good to see. You. I can't wait to talk to you about the Bucks and Giannis. And, you know, how they how they built a winner. And we're going to get into that and some of this uh, name image likeness stuff as well. So we'll uh, we'll go to break. We'll come back at Center Court with Ralph Sampson. And we are on the Winner's Circle Network. Stay with us. Hi, this is Mac McDonald, host of Center Court. I've known Ralph Sampson for over 40 years. I watched him grow as a basketball player, achieving greatness at the University of Virginia and at the professional level. I always admired his work ethic and the things he did to be the best. Since he founded the Sampson Family Foundation, so many people, young and old, have benefited from Ralph's efforts. The mission for the foundation is simple, striving to uplift, empower, and educate the communities we live in. The foundation promotes charitable and community input, educational development, health and fitness, and scholarship opportunities. The Samson Family Foundation's initiatives focus on patients with cancer, educational scholarship programs, and give students guidance in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. If you'd like to learn more, call 540-615-5097. The website is samsonfamilyfoundation.org. Uplift, empower, educate. It takes teamwork to make the dream work. Giannis driving on eight to the rim. Baker goes! Bucks by eight! Less than a minute to play. Middleton comes around, takes a jumper, gone! Right side by Middleton! You're listening to Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Once again, here's Ralph and Mac. Welcome back to Center Court on the Winter Circle Network. Ralph Sampson, Mac McDonald, great to have you along on this weekend. And did you have fun watching the Bucks win it all? Mac, you know, I didn't watch the first couple games intensely like I did the last two or three, but I enjoyed, I mean, this year, that was the best game I watched all year long. It was, a, you know, joy to watch. The Milwaukee Bucks, after 50 years of winning with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bobby Dandridge, that's a Virginia legend, Sports mm -hmm. Hall of Fame in Virginia, and now Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of, Fame, Hall of Fame, and Oscar Robinson winning back 50 years ago, and to see them win this year in that fashion, four games straight, was an amazing run to the championship. And 
Giannis is an amazing guy. I mean, you look at his history and when he was a rookie about eight years ago, nine years ago, and his body structure and his development is amazing to watch. And he's a really good dude. Like I was watching some things on social media and he was at a Chick-fil-A. He ordered 50 <laughs> McNuggets and a sweet tea. And they like 50. He said, why? Because I had 50 points in a game, whatever. So he's trophy. having fun. He's having fun with it. Yeah, with the trophies in the front seat. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, people yeah. in there taking pictures of the trophies. I get I guess the Bucks said he can do anything he wants to do. He can get the trophies for a day or whatever. But it was amazing to see and watching on social media has been fun. During the during the run, which you know, he is a remarkable young man. And I, you know, I love to follow the sidebars and the sidelights and kind of, you know, go inside the stories and where he started as an 18-year-old. And I know it was well documented yes. on, on ABC and everything, but for him to uh embrace the moment embrace the championship for them to win. So Ralph, if you were to break it down, then what did the bucks do to win four in a row? Yeah. I know a block here, a save here. It could have gone, you know, the, the, uh, the Suns could have had that third win and it could, it could have been a lot different, but as you looked at it, what did the bucks do to win and play so well? Well, let's go back for a second. So Phoenix were up two games to none. Mm-hmm. Giannis gets hurt and looks like he's not going to play for the rest of the series, maybe until next year, if, if, if then, because the injury looked really bad to me. Right. Right. And then he comes back. So the medical staff there did an amazing job. He comes back. And I think that Phoenix got real comfortable, right? Maybe a little cockier, real comfortable mm -hmm. when they were playing. Oh, we're going to win now, right? So that I think they stepped their game down a little bit. And I tell people all the time, I love Chris Paul, the way he plays, I love the demeanor, Wake Forest, et cetera. But something happens to him in the playoffs that he just folds. Something happens to James Harden in the playoffs where he just folds historically. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what that is in those two guys. And it's I'm sure more than those guys over the career and the history of the NBA. But they, they didn't play well, uh, like they normally did the first two games with Giannis playing, and then I think they relaxed a little bit and knowing that Giannis wasn't going to play. And so now you give a sleeping giant a one game, okay, maybe mm -hmm. a two game. Now it's tied up. And now Giannis, I mean, look at his body structure, as I said earlier. He come from a, a kind of a young man, and you saw one of the highlights, the guy from another team that asked him why he was playing. How old are you? I mean, at a young age, you like you like 15 years old. <laughs> yeah. But imagine, Mac, that development over the years in the weight room, on the court, playing. It's, it's an amazing story to see, and I look forward to hearing more about it. But I think Phoenix just folded, you yeah. know, in their mind and couldn't get over the fact that they, you know, thought they were going to win it and got comfortable. When he got to the Bucks, because Middleton was there, they became, you know, friends, yeah. and they had a good – Middleton, Middleton told, don't shoot, you know, because we don't want you to shoot. Get the ball out to somebody else. And so early on in his career, he had to be intimidated. He had to know if he was going to fit in, which isn't going to lead to a conversation here in a few minutes because I'm building up to it. So truly amazing. And, of course, when it was all said and done, I'll play this soundbite. Giannis gripped the trophies he kissed the trophies and he was just absolutely ecstatic that they had won the title i was just happy just being a part like you know not even winning just being a part of this of this journey you know and um but i never thought ever when i'll be 26 you know i'll be sitting this chair with this right here and this right here man it's been it's been uh we've come a long way
Yeah, they had come a long way for sure. But then, of course, he waxed poetically, Ralph, talking about how you can do it, how you can win, and that everybody, everybody's talking about kids and people and people who who (laughs) don't play games. Everybody can have dreams. This should be, should make every every person, every kid, anybody around the world to like believe in their dreams. You know, just believe on what you're doing. Keep working. You know, don't let nobody tell you what you can be, what you cannot do. You know, people told me I can't make free throws. I made my free throws tonight. And I'm a freaking champion. I made them and I'm supposed to make them. I hope I give people around the world, from Africa, from Europe, give them hope, you know, that it can be done. Well, well Mike, you mentioned in, the, in, the, in the, the little quotes there that, mm-hmm. you know, just just to get to the finals right. with, with, the, with the epic moment, but, but now winning it, he says, I'm a freaking champion. You know, I'm a champion. <laughs> and he got the trophies hauled up. I watched this whole thing two or three times. It's been on social media. I'm a champion. And he goes to his coach in this whole parade of champagne and goggles and and uh, uh, six cigars, whatever. Let's do this again. Yeah. Let's, let's do this again. He physically can do it again. He's, he's still a young guy. He can do it again and make it work. But the best thing in there, Mac, is that he and his brother got to share a championship together on the same team, but his other brother that that's still off the bench in the LA won championship with LeBron them last year. So three brothers, it's probably never been done. That's yeah, played exactly. in the NBA. That's all won the championships on the team. And he's been the, he was the player of the year, rookie of the year, whatever he was. It's only a couple of people have done what he's done. MVP of the, of the championship, et cetera, 50 points. And that's only like a Kareem and a Kim Olajuwon. Oh, actually, no, it's Michael Jordan and Akeem Olajuwon that's only done what he's done ever in NBA history. Ralph, is a, and you had to appreciate this. You were a 7-4 center at first, and then, got, you know, you got moved to power forward with the, with the Rockets. To watch, to watch him be a power forward at 6-11 certainly is. But I think I've heard you say a couple of times in the people we've talked to, B.J. Armstrong and, uh, you know, other players that we've had, about the big guys in the game and that they were more or less disappearing, but it's not so much I, in my mind, they're disappearing. They can just do so much more, but I think you led, I mean, now look, it was 1980, 81, 82 when we saw a seven, four guy dribbling behind his back and, and, right. you know, trying to play guard. And you said that your high school coach, Roger Berge made you bring it up against guards and through chairs and whatever. But are we seeing, so my question to you, are we seeing players now like Giannis just absolutely develop further? No, I think they are developing further, absolutely. But the first, the statistics will state that the first couple of games with Giannis playing, they lost, he shot a lot more threes, Mm -hmm. you know. And and the last four games, his three-pointers were down 90%. He may have shot one or two threes. He went to the post-up game more than he did the last four games than he did all season long when he played everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's the adjustment that the coaching staff must have made somewhere in the last four games of the finals because he was very dominant from the post position or the pick and roll inside the three-point line. So I think the – I do believe this, Mike, and I see it coming. The evolution of the big man in the post-up is, is going to come back. Yeah, It's going to take two or three more years, but it's coming. I think it's coming back because you can be dominant down that post like Giannis is doing – but also have the flexibility to face up and go to the basket with the Euro step that he has and maybe shoot a three here and there, but nobody's going to stop him in the post. I mean, yeah. 
and there's no big guy that's going to stop him in the post. He can be dominant, and he will put another cast of characters around him. They shoot the three. It's going to be amazing to, to watch over the next couple of years how Milwaukee sustains his success. Ralph, also, and before we go to break, and in the next segment, I want to talk about building roles, not only in your office or at home even, but to build roles on a team and how they did it. But Budenholzer was a guy, of course, who was – what he was with San Antonio for 13, 14 years, something like that, won four championship rings there. And, uh, you know, with Tim Duncan and and they were able to, and that's what pop was able to do, right. When they would rest Duncan. So San Antonio could go small and turn right around and go big. And it seemed like Milwaukee took that. And I read an article where uh, Eric Musselman, the head coach of Arkansas had decided to watch. And now he's breaking down Milwaukee bucks game film. Yep, to see yep. if Arkansas can go big, then go small. Now, yep. correct me if I'm wrong. Tony Bennett has done that on several occasions. Mike Young at Virginia Tech has done that. So this is really kind of a theme. To It's a pitcher having four pitches, right? A change-up, fastball, slider. It's the ability to adapt and change, which can give teams uh, a harder time defending them, I'm guessing, right? Oh, absolutely. But, but Giannis is a big guy and a small guy, right? So yeah. the development of the big anymore, it's like if you can put a Brooke Lopez, he's a big that wants to be out facing the basket. He doesn't want to post up. Right. So, but he can't guard a small on the other end. So he's a liability on one end. He's an asset on one end, but he's a big man that wants to shoot threes. So that's the way the three-point shot has been developed over the years with bigs. But Giannis is another level that can post up. And I think you'll start to see that more. And in colleges and NBAs, I think actually everybody has analytics. They're charting the stuff on a day-by-day mm-hmm. basis. And I think the development of the bigs over the next couple of years is going to change the game of basketball again because you'll stop shooting threes. You'll be more dominant. And the little guy, again, is going to not evolve. I mean, Steph Curry's are, are very rare that you do that. And I think it's going to go back to the way it was a little bit, but even better than it is now. So I'm, I'm interested to see what's going to happen because Giannis and Kevin Durant and those guys, has changed the game of basketball again in this era. It's been a 50-year journey. Wisconsin, we've got a room at the top of the world tonight. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions. This is Center Court, presented by the Winner's Circle Network in association with the Sampson Family Foundation. Welcome back on the Winner's Circle Network. This is Center Court, Mac McDonald with Ralph Sampson. Great to get back with Stick and and talk basketball. I knew that uh, when I was watching it the other night, I started to take notes and I said, oh, this is going to be fun because I know Ralph's got a million things to say uh, about the game and what happened. Ralph, I want to talk about roles. In all sports, uh, team sports, you know, you've got to have you've got to have a role. And I think as you build your office, your sales team, your marketing team, whatever, you've got to be able to be a role player somewhere. You've got to show the coach, the manager, the boss that this is what I do best. This is how I can help the team. Milwaukee excelled with that. Am I right in saying that, that, that they just absolutely excelled in that area? Absolutely. I'll give you a prime example. A guy named P.J. Tucker. I had him in Phoenix when I coached as the player development coach out there in 2012. Cannot shoot the ball at all. <laughs> uh, I mean, he, he's a three-point shooter in the corner yeah. only, and he knows that, right? Yeah, right. So if he hits one, it's, it's like like extra. 
but he's the toughest nail guy that will defend Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant can get 40 on it. He's still going to make it hard for him to score. Right. And without him on this Milwaukee team, I don't know if they would have been as tough as they were during the course of the season because he's, t- he's a tough guy. Now, he played in Houston after that with, with uh, James Harden and did the same thing. He played in Phoenix with us and did the same thing. So a role player like that, and, and I'm so I text him. I'm so happy for him. He didn't text me back yet because sure he's still partying, right? Yeah, I was gonna say that's yeah. But uh, I'm so happy that he's able to be on a team that his role, his position, his athletic ability, non-shooting ability, <laughs> that you know he gives all five fouls, all six fouls most sure. of the time. That loose balls, you know, everything he scratches and claws his way, and, he, and now he's a, a champion with the Milwaukee Bucks, and it's really really good to see. And, and I'm so proud of him from that standpoint. But from a role, let's look at the Phoenix Suns. That coach out there was able to mend and fix and pace and tape whatever, a team or organization that hadn't been to the playoffs in many, many years and hadn't been in his finals since Charles Barkley over 20-some years ago. Right. So he took a team that was right an owner, a city, and a culture and changed it up and got to the finals. So that, that feat there is pretty amazing to take a one player or two players, a booker, a, 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 a draft pick here in Aiden and, a, a, and a, a season player in Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. And then they took a guy, Mac, think about this. Both teams only had one player, Guire, that was only in the, in, in the finals ever. And that right. was last year with, with Miami. And uh, they called that guy and said, we need you. And he, tr- he got traded and transferred to the to Phoenix Suns. So roles in any business, any sport, you, you got to have role players. You got to have star players. You got to have a great coach, great bench players, great assistants. There's roles out there that put this whole thing together, and Milwaukee came on top. The Bucks still had four starters, average double figures. Um, of their top eight, the average age is 29 years old. So this is a team that I think now they're 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 saying third behind the Nets and the Lakers as far as teams that can win it next year. And I hate when we start talking about champions next year, because so much can happen, but um, Giannis had three games where he went 40 plus 40 plus four, you know, rebounds. Um, And that's, you know, you build around a guy. And so no doubt then, then years ago, eight years ago, when Milwaukee drafts this 18 year old, they begin to say, so, and I'm going to see if it compares to you, the Rockets draft you, your number one pick, they're saying we're going to build now around Ralph, right? That was yeah. their plan. We're going to build around number 50. And so no doubt the Bucs are doing the same thing. We're going to build around Giannis, and then we'll put the pieces uh, around him. What, am I accurate in, in that comparison? Very, very accurate. Two, the two different scenarios back then when I played and got the number one pick, they could build around the draft. And the mm-hmm. draft had a lot of good players in the draft coming out of college because they stayed longer in college, three, four years, four mm-hmm. years, and they were more seasoned, right? Right. Today, you 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 really can't build around a draft. You build around free agency and or overseas players or in development and developmental league because, you know, over the last number of years, the one and dones, you know, I mean, look, look at Milwaukee and or even uh, Phoenix. They didn't have no one and done players on their team. Right. No Zions, no no guys that want it done because it's very hard for one and dones to develop because they go go to a bad team and a bad culture and try to win and then get traded. And that's the way the system is. And if you become good, then one of the things Giannis said as well, you become good. He didn't go and jump. He could have jumped 
to L.A. and played with LeBron. He could have jumped to the power teams, right? Right. He didn't. He built on a team that was committed to him. They paid him extremely well because they could, and they went. So now it pays off for the team to only leave because they did that. But he could have jumped ship and played on one of those teams and been, been, been in the finals, but he did it, I think, the right way. He did it the hard way uh, when it came down to what the culture is in the NBA. But LeBron, those guys changed. Now, think about this. LeBron would get some help in L.A. because they got to have L.A. as one of, the, one of the power teams in the league. So Damian Lillard, all those guys, they're going to get somebody. Uh, uh, I was having Magic Johnson talk about it the other day. Well, let's, we should get Chris Paul to come to the Lakers. Well, the league wouldn't let Chris Paul change to the Lakers early on with Kobe Bryant, but they sent him to the Clippers. Yeah. So that was a league decision at that point in time. So it's, we'll, it's going to be fun to see how the league adjusts to this because Milwaukee is not a, a team that brings a lot of revenue to the table. It will now because Jonas is worldwide. Yeah, you know, he, he's worldwide. So jersey sales, all that stuff will come. Think about like Yao Ming coming to Houston. The same thing happened with China, and they bought his jersey, and the league made a lot of money. Same thing will happen with Giannis. He's gonna be worldwide, and uh, they got, but they got to get some other players around him and to continue to do that to win again. I love playing the finals. You know, I love playing with the ball is heavy. You know, and uh, and then this is the, the moments I want. I want to chase more. I want that team to keep build off this. You know, and uh, hopefully we can do it again. If you master your mind, you can master yeah. the game. And that's what the same with golf, tennis. It makes no difference. If in, You know, the, to watch the Olympic swimmers. I mean, I know it's a physical, physical thing. And that's one of the reasons I watch. I love the Olympics and watching the swimmers. I can't swim two laps in a small <laughs> pool. You know, it, it's amazing how finely tuned. But the mind has got to be able to control that. And I know in your camps, I'm sure, that you mentioned something like that. If you master the mind and the mindset, you're going to be able to master the game. Yeah, I mean, this week, Mike, we had a kid that uh, had some ailments uh, physically and mentally, whatever, but by the by today, the third day, he had mastered the basic fundamentals of just dribbling the basketball mm -hmm. in three days. So repetitive over and over and over again. And it's only three hours a day for three days, but oh no, he, he mastered at least that crossover drill and we, we got some accomplishments out. But he would always bend his head down and look down. I made him look at me eye to eye, make it happen. But if you can master that that mindset, and and and, and like we talk about Giannis the Greek freak, obviously somewhere along the way at an early age, he, he got together with everybody and they did their thing. He mastered the mind and the physicality of his body changed dramatically over a period of time become an all-star now potentially a hall of fame black type of basketball player but everything in life that we know out here if we can put our mind to it we can do it uh the phoenix coach how emotional how good was he and how classy was coach williams during this whole thing i've never seen anything like it in my my history in basketball of a coach that loses a game a championship mm -hmm. and goes in the other locker room and congratulates the coaches and the players of a game that made him better a series that made him better and tell them that in their locker room yeah and the history of monty williams you can look at it and say okay great you know he had a tragic accident with his wife getting hit in a car accident and getting killed five or six years ago he was you know on benches and 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 and, and things in the nba and playing and said the other at 18, Mac, his story goes that the coaches and people said he couldn't play basketball again at 18 because of some physical ailments and, and, and health issues, right, at 18. 
that still love the game enough to get it and become a coach that's went to the finals in the NBA. And then to top it all, to do the eulogy of his wife's funeral service. If you guys out there ever want to see something special, go look at that on YouTube and Google it because it's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen a coach do or a person do to be able to do a eulogy one, but also now come and win a championship or, or, or compete for a championship and lose and go in the opposing team's locker room and congratulate them. That 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 That's a good man right there. And I, I honor him even if he lost. So yeah. it's, it's great to watch. No, good stuff. Very well said. This would be a great time, kind of a recalibration of the NCAA. And let's work col collaboratively with the NCAA, with our conferences, with our presidents, athletic direct directors and such. And um, let's spend the next eight, 12 months figuring this thing out because more changes is coming. The Winner's Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation present Center Court with Ralph Sampson. Uplift, empower, educate. Welcome back to Center Court on the Winner's Circle Network. Matt McDonald, Ralph Sampson, great to have you uh, this week. Next week, uh, I'll give a little plug. Cedric Maxwell is going to be with us, former Boston Celtic, which ought to be some kind of fun on down the road. David Teal, who now writes for the Richmond Times, a columnist. Uh, we're going to get into more college stuff with David, which lets me transition into this week and what happened. The brand new Atlantic Coast Conference Commissioner, Jim Phillips, who I think could run for office, and I think he could be president in about eight years. I mean, this this guy who came from Northwestern is analytical. He is smart. And uh, he had some wonderful things to say during his press conference on Wednesday, Ralph, which we'll We'll get to with name image likeness, as I said, front burner, back burner, coaches talking about it, being asked about it. But the, I think the biggest question mark out there now, who, who's going to regulate it? Will the NCAA now kind of rework their operation? Is it a school directive? Is it a conference directive? Is it the states? You know, because Virginia hasn't passed, the state of Virginia has not passed the bill yet. But what did Virginia Tech do? They have built a marketing group already. They are working with a, a, a website called Influencer, okay? They're working to help their athletes understand it. North Carolina has gone with a group called Brander, B-R-A-N-D-R.com, I believe. They're, at, they're aligning with the Jordan brand to help their athletes. And they're, they're planning to – the women's soccer team is already lining up to try to profit on their jerseys. They're already setting it up. So North Carolina players, football and basketball, so now are, are going to be able to benefit from jersey sales. Ralph, here's – and here's my question to you. Don't you see this now that there could be a competitive advantage between schools? Hey, come to Carolina. Look what we've got. You can align yourself with Michael Jordan. You can wear the Jordan brand and then you can your name, you can sell your jersey with the Jordan. Is this going to be a competitive advantage at some point for some schools? I mean, it, 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 it's, 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 it's the wild, wild west right now. States have to prove it. NCAA have to prove it. And the legal has, has to prove it already. And, and just think about this. The, the Jordan brand, because of Nike, can go to UNC and get any sports they want and give name of the likeness to the school because they already have a license to produce the jersey for the school anyway, right? Right, right. And then be able to give that to the student athletes that sell their jersey across the board. Right. And give and give the student athletes money. The school is getting money off that anyway. <laughs> I get that. So right. now I can give the money to the athlete. So that is a huge advantage to have Michael at UNC and have jersey. So they they'll have an advantage to some extent. But other schools 
will follow suit. But the shoe companies would, I, when the shoe companies start to dictate this thing, it's going to get ugly. Because now I'm a shoe company, and I take another player that's a recognized player at any school, right? It's a Nike or Puma or Adidas, whatever it may be. And I can take that person at that school and give a licensing deal and get, be it a marketer and marketing engine to do that. It's who can market the best. Yeah. And, and then basically what alumni group, I mean, think about Kentucky. That's one of the biggest, powerful, most powerful alumni groups in the country, basketball-wise, right? Notre Dame football, we talked about some of that stuff earlier. But they can corner the market, and they're Nike school too. Yeah. They're Nike school. So they can take a, a player there and do the same thing, but they're Nike school too. So I think Nike is going to help probably dictate some, oh, no, we can do the same thing. But it could be that, that these shoe companies – they wrote youth basketball anyway. You know, so a Nike school has a Nike AU team and a Nike coach. And even today, if you have a Nike event, those AU teams are going to that Nike event and those Nike coaches are going to that event. Good point. So you got to, it's, it's got to, it's going to pan out. It's going to be the wild, wild west, I think, for a couple of years. No, very well I don't said. know how it's going to work out. It's going to be scary to see how it works. Yeah, very well said. Well, Jim Phillips in his first ACC media days and, the SEC was holding media days as well. He talked about name image likeness and hoping that the NCAA and the federal government get involved. Not having a national standard will cause major disruption. You're already seeing across the country the wide ranging disparity at times depending on what state you're in and what people are able to do. And so that's one. Second is we have to have some help on antitrust. We can't sustain constant litigation to the enterprise of college athletics. That has to be wrapped into it. I think the third element for name, image, and likeness for us as we look into the future is what can we do to help our student athletes once they leave school from a medical standpoint? And here's, here's the thing about what yeah. he said, Ralph, too, because he said that four states or four schools in the ACC have state support. Four schools uh, are doing it on their own, and two schools are just you know going under NCAA directives. So, you know, as you said, it's, it's scatter shooting everywhere and schools are just going to be taken off and doing their own thing. But this, but he also said now is a time. And even Mark Emmert, the president of the NCAA said, maybe now we retool the whole NCAA. We, we take a look at the whole thing regarding the NCAA and what they're doing for schools and how they're regulating everything. So when you say wild, wild west, it's very well said. But his last statement, Mac, was very impactful to me because of my injuries as well. I said, right. what do we do with student athletes health-wise after they leave? Yeah. Football players, especially concussions and all the kind of stuff that they may have, when they get out in the real world, it's got definitely have, has a significant impact on our communities at large across the country. So that was a powerful statement in its own right. But also think about it as well. When I think about myself, career at UVA, but talking to Ricky Stokes, whatever, I mean, you can help a lot of guys out no matter what. And you go back in history at the schools and support that as well with name, image, and likeness. But going forward, there's got to be a unified front. It's not going to be one right now. And get, something's going to happen. Somebody's going to get paid too much money or somebody's going to not like it, stay, whatever. And then they'll have to regroup. But right now, it, it's going to be scary for the next couple of years, I think. Yeah, for sure. Justin Fuente, the head coach of Virginia Tech during each uh, football coach got 10 minutes and one of the about four minutes in uh, after he got done talking about offense and defense, he was asked about Virginia Tech's approach and what's going to happen. Fuente also said, you know, we have to manage problems in the locker room because there could be this guy next to me is already making a ton more money than me. 
I'm not playing. I should be starting. There, there's going to be some of that. But here's Justin Fuente on what's going to happen possibly at Tech and how they're supporting it. Uh, we've tried to, to bring the focus in on that and help them. We have, you know, the software and the systems and all that sort of stuff to help them with their social media accounts. And, uh, you know, we're in, a, we're in a pretty cool position. I mean, we are the a number one sports brand in the, in, the, in the state of Virginia, in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Uh, you know, we have 250,000 alumni that are anxious to, to help and engage our players in, in ways that are, that are legal now that um, can benefit them, hopefully, in the, in the long term. He, he says something. I, I, I got to do some homework. I got to go and call somebody <laughs> at UVA. They're the most powerful brand in the state of Virginia. That can't be right. <laughs> 250, they might have 250,000 alumni. That can't be right. They might have more. I don't know, but that can't be right. But they're the most powerful. UVA got to stand up. We got to get a little, we got to do a little bit well, better job. That's, so. There are a lot of schools. I'm waiting for them to stay because now, for example, this, uh, this influencer website, I went to it the other day. They've already got like a dozen schools. Yes. And they're already attacking. They've got a whole sales and marketing team. They've got a telephone team. They've yep. got all these people having press conferences and conferences with kids and coaches and whatever, trying to put their foot in the door to make money, to help the student athletes and to pick up commissions. And then maybe when they, if they, you know, if they get three or four guys that are, are going to go pro and they get their contract, they're going to have that, uh, you know, figured out. So throw all that together now with the talk again of conference realignment. Are you kidding me? Texas, Oklahoma moving from the Big 12 to the SEC because the SEC is in a contract year with ESPN and they're looking yeah. to renegotiate. Well, okay. What about Notre Dame and the ACC? Jim Phillips, commissioner, got the question. And our concentration right now is on our 14 schools. Who knows where the future is going to go? But I love the group of schools that we have. But you always have to be ready to add. And Notre Dame, contractually, if they were to, to join a conference, again, structured by Commissioner Swafford in 2013, would join the ACC. So we'll see where this goes. You have to be ready to add. Welcome back. Wow. I, I, need, I need to go back and look <laughs> at my contract and see if I can, you know, re-engage re in something from name, image, and likening, but also these, these power contracts because of all the TV revenue as well. But the one thing I do know from the, even the NBA perspective, Mike, is that mm -hmm. because of the video streaming and all the networks you, networks you have out there, a lot of people, the most the highest bill in your household now is your cable bill and your internet. Oh, yeah. Not, you know, so, so, so everybody letting cable go. So yeah. ESPNs of the world, they're not on that cable. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all pans out because there's all these, all these schools that have their own networks and ESPN. Yeah. And it's got to have the power of confidence on it because it's all about money. Right. It's all about revenue, but it still doesn't have the athletes on that end. So athletes going to make money on name, image, and likeness. That's going to take away some of the revenue from, from the uh, CLC college licensing program because you're going to have that with the jerseys of the athletes because if they do their own thing. And, and but my interest is, is, okay, I use my name on my Virginia shirt, mm -hmm. but can I use the school logo? Yeah. And I can't because I got to have a license to do that. Exactly. So, so how do I use my image, you know, as a school and the brand to get more, but I can't have the school logo on it, but the school can have my name on their shirt <laughs> and get money off of that. And I can't get. 
I mean, that's a whole battle right there. I, I'm laughing because it's going to be fun to watch in a way. Oh, just, yeah, just we're going to have fun happens. tracking it for sure. Exactly. We'll get a break. We'll come back. Uh, welcome in. This is Center Court on the Winner's Circle Network. Ralph and I return right after this. To get into sports casting, you need experience just to get your foot in the door. I can't tell you how many times in my career somebody will ask me, how do I get into your business? How do I become a sportscaster? The first thing I ask is, what have you done? Do you have any experience? And the answer is normally nothing yet. It's because they couldn't find a program that provided the real world experience that you need to get started. So I set out to create a program designed for the next wave of sportscasting talent. And my partner was an obvious one, Full Sail University. Great track record in entertainment and media, great alumni group, and the ability to evolve as the industry changes. We're offering a bachelor's degree that combines the professional expertise that my fellow sportscasters and I have built our careers on with the technologies shaping the world of sports. To succeed in this business, you have to be ready for what's next. But the core of great sportscasting I don't think will ever change. And this program brings it all together. You're listening to Center Court with Hall of Famer Ralph Sampson. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation. Welcome back in the Winner's Circle Network. This is Center Court. And uh, Ralph, I got it before uh, I talk about your camps and what's going on. I know a lot of AAU and travel teams, you know, hitting the road. I got to give it up. One of our good sponsors in the state of Virginia, in Charlottesville, Able Insurance, they put a team together called the Able United Ballhawks. They won the National Travel Basketball League, the NTBL, under-17 championship. They were playing in North Myrtle Beach over the weekend, and they, they had a four-point win for the title. The team cruised, winning all seven games. So uh, got to congratulate Able Insurance and Billy and Charlene White because they, I guess they were team owners. So they had to be they, there. They must have been team owners, right? Congratulations <laughs> to that team. Man, I, I want to see, if, I mean, I, I need to go to find out where they practice and see them play somewhere because uh, going to South Carolina and playing that tournament is pretty, pretty large. Yeah, you're going to North Myrtle. Yeah, a couple of distractions yeah. when you take a, a whole lot of distractions. A 17-year-old to Myrtle exactly. Beach. So. Anyway, Ralph, how how are I know you've got a couple of weeks left. How have the camps been for you? Camps are great. Uh, just finishing our fifth week. Got two more weeks to go at mm-hmm. Math Nut, lovely Math Nut Resort. Uh, if you've not been there, please go. It's the greatest place I've been in a while because it's very pristine. They keep it clean. Everybody's friendly. Danny and the crew do a great job. Christian, it's it's just amazing to see. We we got kids there now, Mac. We probably have an average of. Uh, uh, Minimum six or seven to 15 to 16 kids a week. And we want to keep it small, but have been able to teach kids the quality of basketball and life as well. How, you know, make your bed every morning, do oh, education. That's good stuff. Your family and parents are the big foundation of the camp. But I've gotten great response back from a lot of those kids and families do math and nothing as well. And we look to do more there. And Mac, I had a kid come up this week that mm-hmm. talked about our virtual clinics. I, I was at every six virtual clinics that oh, you had. Oh, how about did. that? And, and I, you could do more. So it was fun to see that. And that, that, that and Dana was there as well. So it was good, good to see and feel and, and see the parents. Uh, Mac, I had the parents play against the kids. Like oh, the last that, 30 minutes of the last day, they ran up and down and had to shoot against the kids. <laughs> Best thing I've ever done. So it's been fun. Good stuff. Well, before we go, I'll, I'll throw the lob to Ralph because he has a very exciting announcement about a venture that is unfolding 
uh, where he played a little basketball in Charlottesville. And so I, all I know is it, it's exciting news. So Ralph, I'm going to let you let the cat out of the bag. Well, well, first of all, don't miss next week's show with Cedric Maxwell. It's going to, I mean, he, 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 I play with him, Mac. Yeah. And I'll give you some insight. We got, he got a dirty hook shot that he never jumped off the ground. So we'll get it out, but don't miss that show next week. Great friend of mine. I did his podcast as well. Right, He's good. hilarious. And Mac, he has a story about Red Arbag coming to Virginia, asking him and Larry Bird coming out. So we'll have to ask him that uh, next week yeah, when we absolutely. get there. But uh, you guys out there, some people may have heard on social media. So we're opening up a new restaurant called Ralph Sampson's Tap House in Barracks Road, close to the university in Charlottesville. It'll be open sometime in mid-September to late September. I'm excited about it, Matt, because we're doing some unique things. I never wanted a restaurant, but the power to be convinced me to do that. So I'm going to take all the student-athletes that I can find at University of Virginia alumni and current, give them a membership to it, right? Mm-hmm. So they can come anytime they want, get a membership, get some perks, that's another. But also we're doing as a retire, I mean, you got to graduate from school and all the kind of stuff, internship into the hospitality world with Warren Thompson and the crew that's all the largest uh, hospitality company in the country, et cetera, et cetera. But you come and work with us for a couple of years. If you want to know about restaurant, business, hospitality, beverage, uh, we got some uh, companies out there that are, are calling me now. I'm, I'm going to put one on blast right now. Blue Ridge Beverage called. And I said, well, you got to sponsor our radio show. You got to do all that as well, but you want our business. So we're doing some fun stuff like that. Good, good. That can take the athletes, and we all can network together. We'll have TVs and old games and sure. highlights and all that kind of stuff in there as well. So it's going to be fun. I'm excited about it, obviously, as you can tell, and I look forward to everybody attending, coming, and hanging out with us. Just please tell me you'll have a seven-foot hamburger. I mean, please. Yeah, we'll have a big well, It'll be something. It'll be big. I don't know where it's going to be at, but we have some there as well. We'll make that happen. All right. Have a good week. This is the Winter Circle Network, and this is Center Court. Have a great couple days. You've been listening to Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Our podcast is available on the Believe Network at BLEAV.com. Center Court is presented by the Winter Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation. For more information, log on to SampsonFamilyFoundation.org. Uplift, empower, educate. Teamwork makes the dream work. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.